Hello and welcome to another edition of Drunken Time Channel with yeah. your hosts, uh, your English Gav and your Irish Gav. Wow, well, at least we know each other, but we don't know ourselves. Uh, yes, hello. Well, this one we're doing the Crusade, which is mm. from March to April 1965. Yes, although we're obviously recording it slightly later than that. <laughs> it's just a bit. <laughs> Sorry about that. We were recorded it at the time. But we weren't born then. Yes, and today we are drinking uh, Monty Python's Holy Gri- Ale. Yes, uh, it's it's the best we could think of for the crusade. Yes. Also gave us an excuse to drink it. Yes. So, uh, without further ado... Well, that's a cold beer. Is it cold? It is really cold, yeah. Well, with further ado then, before well, I drink, well, drink the drink, taking this out... Well, it was probably because it was at the back of the fridge, you know, the top shelf. I know. Well, finally. Uh, here is the synopsis to The Crusade. Part 1, The Lion, which doesn't actually feature a lion. The TARDIS materialises in a jungle, which is apparently the Middle East, so Ian obviously wearing an anorak. They are soon caught up in an attack by the Saracens against King Richard and his party in which the Doctor and Ian fight off some and Barbara, of course, is captured already. Got to be a new record. They find an injured Englishman by the name of William de Tonabu, who used to be good at being uninjured until he took an arrow to the knee. Meanwhile, another William, this time William de Preu, another good English name then, is captured by Saracens when he tells them he is King Richard. How cunning. The Doctor and co. decide to take their William to King Richard as their good deed for the day. Barbara finds herself in the Saracen camp with Depreu, who tells her of his cunning plan. She should pretend to be the King's sister, Joanna. Wait, I'm confused. Am I still Gav? One of the senior Saracens, El Akir, then finds them and takes them to Safadin, the leader Saladin's brother. And you thought the names in Aztecs were hard. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Doctor and Vicky try to find some local clothes by stealing some that were stolen themselves. That's okay, isn't it? I'm sure it's in the Bible. Back at Saracen Central, when he is shown Barbara and William, Safadin sees that they're not who they're supposed to be immediately. Saladin then enters to see what all the hubbub is. Ella Keir suggests Barbara should be made to walk over hot coals for entertainment. Or, if we want entertainment, we could just line up people and get Ella Keir to guess which one is King Richard. Barbara, unfortunately, doesn't go for either idea, and Saladin allows her and William free reign in the camp within reason. The Doctor and co. bring their William to Richard, who is still sulking after the attack at the start of the episode. Ian asks for his help to rescue Barbara, as Vicky refuses to wear a dark wig. King Richard throws his toys out of the pram and says no. She can rot in prison for all he cares. See, he gets it. That's, for some reason, is the cliffhanger. Part 2, The Night of Jaffa. The Doctor points out how embarrassed Saladin will be once he realises he hasn't actually got a real king. Somehow Ricky Boy falls for it, changes his mind and gets the Doctor to join his court. Meanwhile, at Saracen HQ, 
Ella Keir wants his revenge on Barbara, so gets an Italian merchant called Luigi to help. Does he have a brother called Mario, perchance? Ella Keir thinks that after he's sought revenge, then he'll see. Then they will see who the fool is. Can't we just say you're both fools? Luigi pretends to help Barbara escape, but there's really another cunning plan to have her given to Akir, who spirits her away to a place called Lida. Vicky, meanwhile, has been disguised as a boy in the most unconvincing impression since Barbara pretended to be Princess Joanna. Speaking of Joanna, she gets to know the Doctor and <coughs> Victor. Soon enough, though, the Chamberlain, a man with the most magnificent moustache ever, and also looks a bit like Baron Munchausen, accuses them of theft. The Doctor? Thieving? Never. Well, apart from those clothes. And the TARDIS. But we don't know that yet. So spoilers, I guess. But the person who originally stole the clothes worked for the Chamberlain, so they're all cleared of any wrongdoing. Well, that's wrongdoing anyway. Ian is then given armour by the King and knighted. I'm sure English Gavel literally came at that point. I daren't look over. <laughs> He's sent to Saracen Command to ask for the release of Barbara and William, also to offer Lady Joanna's hand in marriage to Saladin's brother, Safadin. Are we sure these people are at war? Luigi, meanwhile, comes clean to Saladin about Barbara, who is herself escaped from Elakir. She now finds herself alone on the streets of Lida, the medieval version of Baltimore. Episode 3, The Wheel of Fortune. The doctor spins the wheel, which lands on Miss Etern, so he sulks and... No, wait. It's Barbara in medieval Crackton, isn't it? So she's eventually given shelter by a man called Arun Edin. Elakir killed his wife, son, and kidnapped his daughter, so he's out for revenge? Oh god, he's the Arabic Liam Neeson. The Victor Vicky secret is finally revealed, and Joanna is annoyed, probably more annoyed that she was monumentally stupid in the first place. She's eventually fine and puts Vicky under her protection. The Doctor has to take up another ward then, but faces a problem with Dick Grayson not being born yet. Why not? Ella Keir's men search for Harun's house, and Barbara is soon captured again. Of course she is. Ian, who defeated a Saracen warrior earlier, is attacked and knocked out by some random bandits. The Earl of Leicester is outraged by the King's peace plan to marry his sister off. I'm sure the peace part is only circumstantial. The doctor argues with the Earl, so he decides not to trust him. This seems to be how it goes in the 12th century. Meanwhile, at Saracen Nerve Centre, Saladin agrees to the King's proposal. I'm sure at the insistence of Safadin. Who needs Match.com when you have this? The only slight problem is Princess Joanna, who doesn't actually want to. The King hears of this and blames the doctor for telling her too early. He orders him and Vicky away. Barbara finds herself in front of Elakir, where he taunts her a second time with the pleasure of death. Part 4. The Warlords. He also taunts the viewers with the pleasure of death. <laughs> and then doesn't deliver. Again. Sam. Again. Spoilers. Saris. Episode 4. The Warlords. Akir offers his guards gold to do to Barbara what they like. Okay, this isn't awkward at all. Barbara knocks the gold to the ground and makes her escape while they're all picking it up. Score one for Barbara. She finds Harun's daughter in Akir's harem and tells her her father is well and out of town, out for revenge. 
Ian awakes to find his hands and feet have been tied to the ground in the desert. Oh good, there is desert here then. The bandit who did this seems to be doing a spot-on Babu impression from Seinfeld. He tells Ian unless he pays a ransom he'll leave him there to die. Apart from the fact he can't get to his pockets to pay him, I can't see anything wrong with this. When Ian says no, the bandit begins smearing honey all over him. I'm sure Gav had this exact dream. The bandit then hides in the shade to await the ants. Just when we thought we were free of the web planet, there are ants in this, of course. Oh, did I mention the Chamberlain's moustache? The Earl of Leicester accuses the Doctor and Vicky of treason, but the King has none of it and tells the Earl to get his troops ready. He tells the Doctor he knows it was the Earl who said to Joanna, but he's far too powerful and he's only the bloody King. The Doctor and Vicky then take their cue to exit, with the Earl keeping a watchful eye on them. Ian tells the bandit that the money is in his boot. When the bandit goes to look for it, he kicks him and frees himself. Ian then makes him take him to Lydda, where all the action is apparently. One of the harem tells Akir where Barbara is. Just when Barbara is about to be killed, Haroon comes in and mortally wounds Akir. Ian also arrives to help and pays off the bandit with Akir's money. Well, what kind of lesson is that? The Doctor and Vicky are almost at the TARDIS when the Earl of Leicester finds them. Ian also arrives, again, but says he is Ian of Jaffa and has a higher claim to the Doctor's head. The Earl left him and they all escape, conclusively proving that all people in the 12th century are stupid. In the console room the lights dim and the crew are made immobile. If only they were made immobile just before they started the web planet. Yes. At the start of this episode, when they emerge from the uh, TARDIS. Yes. Ian looks like he's half asleep. I mean, what? Has he just woke up? Possibly. Because who says, you know, the TARDIS will land at specific times? Maybe it just landed at like half two in the morning and he's like, oh, for fuck's sake. Only just got to sleep because of that stupid humming in the TARDIS. Can't you hear it? <laughs> <laughs> and Vicky's like, yes! I can hear it. <laughs> or maybe the doctor's too fed up of Ian being awesome that he drugs him. I think you drugged him with Rebnal. That's just a fantasy. <laughs> you dream of drugging Ian with Rebnal. No. It was like a ghost walking around at the start of that episode. Everybody else was seen fine and Ian was just like... Maybe that's why I put his anorak on. We're in the Middle East. Oh, I better get my anorak on. It's going to be cold out there. It wouldn't explain it. Wait, there's a jungle here? I thought it was desert. Um, and then later on, the uh, doctor, when he's stealing his clothes from the uh, the market cell. Yes, uh, yes. yes. The, the master thief that he is. Yes, he is. He's such an expert there, the uh, rigmarole that he went through with the, with this piece of string around the table leg to uh, distract the... Uh, yeah, uh-huh. but have you noticed like in every, I think in this, there was there was at least a couple, there was the Romans where they talked about clothes, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the other, the Reign of Terror, and, I mean was it running short, did they just put in a scene about clothes or something? <laughs> <laughs> the do like convoluted plots to get a change of clothes. <laughs> this episode's running short. I don't know. This guy, put him in, he could be like a like a seller of cloth. Do you like clothes or something? 
Yeah. I know. I like how he, he's also he obviously uh, the guy who's uh, brought him some stolen clothes. So he decides to steal the stolen clothes that were stolen from the place that he's going to. Brilliant. Yeah. This will be fine as long as I'm not going to the place <laughs> that I'm actually going to. Damn it! And also the guy that stole the clothes, who's who's meant to be this guy from the Middle East, is, is it like just a cockney. Yeah. <laughs> it was on work placement, obviously. <laughs> the Thieves Guild had an opening in Jaffa. Yeah, and the guy from the Middle East is is working for the police in in, in London. But the first thief who comes across him is going to be going to be <laughs> sorry about that. <laughs> Give me your hand. Chop! Ah! Oh. <laughs> I just thought you'd lock me up. Uh, uh, yet again, we found someone that fancies Barbara. Really? William Dupre, who fancies her. I'm not Why sure, does I'm not sure because he thought she was Barbara, or thought she was Barbara, or thought she was this Princess Joanna. In fact, maybe that's why he got her to pretend to be Princess Joanna for his little <laughs> fantasies. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of Barbara. Uh, yes. As we are, mm. she she was quite treated quite badly in this episode, because uh, there was that she was kept being, you know, taken prisoner, tortured, and then there was that scene where where they where the guy offered her offered gold to do whatever they wanted with her, mm. and then and then at the end, the doctors just you know and the doctors oh why don't you just go and have a cup of tea or something. I'm sure you'll be fine. Hasn't Barbie got bored of being kidnapped and threatened to kill in like almost every episode now? Well, I'm sure she'll leave quite soon. God, I hope so. Oh, she's bringing somebody else, somebody else with her when she leaves. But yeah, I, I think as you mentioned in your uh, synopsis, uh, there was a fine collection of facial hair in this. The Ross star, as well as the the Chamberlain, uh, the Chamberlain with the most magnificent moustache you've ever seen. There was the other William, uh, who I can't remember his name. Mm. Just call him the other William. He has quite a quite a magnificent moustache and beard. Mm. And there was uh, was it Luigi as well? He he had fine sort of like beard thing going off, which uh, on the stills of the uh, reconstruction he there he was so proud of. Yes, because they just they, well the reconstruction. See, the thing is, they show you well two episodes were 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 reconstructed because they didn't exist anymore. Two no, yeah, two and four. Yeah, I should probably mention at this point for a four episode story, if I had my choice of which two episodes to have, it would probably be episode two and four. <laughs> I would definitely want the last episode as an actual episode. Yeah, I think it would help. And I don't think I would want the first one, because then you'd have two reconstructions in a row. But the second one, at least, once they've got the plot going, you can sort of get that from the reconstruction, and then you've got an episode to sort of go with the flow. So two and four, I, I, you know, if I, yes. if, if they were only two, if I had my choice. I do tend to find myself losing it by the second episode, the reconstruction in this one. It doesn't help that the the second episode of Reconstruction is really poor as well. The yeah. audio quality is really bad. I think in future we should do, if there's like an entire episode that doesn't exist, we should listen to, because they do uh, these audios where they have some of the actors at the time doing linking narration, you know, an audio. 
So we should listen to that. Also watch the reconstruction. Mm. You know, and then we can get a full sort of. I, I find it better. I don't. I think I find it better without the pictures and the words on the screen. Yeah, because the the one we were watching it, it's got the stills from the dailies and whatever else that they can pick up and shit like that. But uh, and and then it's got what is it, William Muscle, uh, just so like occasionally narrating something. Yeah, I think it was the same with the and, and just the audio feed. But whereas the the other style, the the older style of reconstructions they had, there was like a scrolling text on the bottom describing what happened at all times. And I found that more useful for following uh, what happens in a lot of them. Because, because there's still pictures, you can't tell what's happening a lot of the time, and it fills in a lot of the blanks. Whereas, yeah, if we had a, if we had, the narrating does If we had the thing with the narrating as well as the reconstruction. And the scrolling text. Yeah, the, I think yeah. that would be good. But anyway, that's a little bit behind the curtain for you there. Um, Oh, also the the pictures from the reconstructions, they're not dailies or anything. They're people at the time who took pictures of their TV. Oh. Yeah, that's how they have those pictures still. Because mm-hmm. it's people because someone took their took pictures of the TV as it was being shown, so they like donated them to the BBC website and things like that. I'm sure there must be some dailies as well. I'm sure I've read somewhere that they use some. There must have been some stage. I don't think so. But it could be wrong. So could I. It's all be wrong. Anyway, they've got pictures. <laughs> they've got <laughs> fucking pictures. What more do you want? Uh, I also like our, uh, especially with the uh, first op- uh, first episode, episode. Uh, they typical Doctor Cliffhanger style. Uh, we are very drunk. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's in the title. It is. You can't <laughs> complain about that. Yes. Uh, King Richard, he uh, got quickly turned around from uh, having a bit of a hissy fit towards the end about not dealing with Saladin to uh, immediately starting the following episode to allowing Ian to effect a rescue plan. Oh, she can rot and die. Hey, that is quite a clever plan. Yes, Yes, let's do it. (laughs) But I think that sort of went with the character that they were writing for Richard in this. In that he seemed to be about five years old. <laughs> As a king, he wasn't very good. Well, he would like have hissy fits and sulk, and then, and then suddenly he would be happy about something, and that's yes. how they sort of wrote him. But the, and the, and they wrote Saladin as as a ruthless guy, but who had compassion. You know, so they didn't write. It wasn't amazingly for 1960. Did, did they have like four, pages of character five? profiles for each character, and then they like accidentally dropped them and got them mixed up? <laughs> well, I was going to say amazingly in 1965, they didn't actually just do it. King Richard is the most wonderful person ever. Saladin is evil, evil. <laughs> he is anti-English. He must be destroyed. And and I'm quite impressed with that. Yeah, he wasn't. Uh, Stereotyped to that degree, yeah. yeah, which was good, but yet kind of hilarious at times. Mm. Also hilarious, yes, was uh, is Vicky Robin Hood now? Yes, uh, her her <laughs> male disguise <laughs> as Victor. It, I'm not sure if the movie Victor Victoria came out before this or after, but uh, her her disguise. Well, she was wearing a hat. Uh, what was it, a Robin Hood type hat? 
Yes. Uh, yeah, so that was meant to... The whole outfit just looked like it was plucked straight out of Robin Hood. Yeah, like like uh, like Superman's glasses. Uh, Vicky's yeah. Robin Hood hat was meant to make her look male. Mm. Not that I'm saying Superman was, is a girl. Uh, <laughs> and because it was black and white as well, I couldn't tell if it was green or not. Let's just say it was. Yes. <laughs> Considering the Doctor's whole thing about never changing history, he did seem to be getting in on the whole Richard's peace, peace plan, you know, of doing the whole marriage thing, but, you know, to bring about peace. But surely he would know that wouldn't have worked. Maybe that was part of a cunning plan. <laughs> well, a third cunning plan in the same episode. Is this Blackout or not? Maybe he's got my... Well, it might be Blackout because... You had Vicky in an unconvincing uh, dress <laughs> yes. as a as a man, so might as well just call her Bob. <clears throat> or maybe he's starting to develop the onset of uh, my syndrome, and he just forgot about that. You see, that doesn't make any sense. Either. We can't change history, but what happens if we don't know about history? Then surely that means we're not changing it. But you might be changing it just because you don't know about it. And then again, as I'm sure but I mentioned because before, because he's, yeah. because he's on a different planet in the past, he never says anything. Yeah. If you don't know about it, though, you're not actively changing it. And but you anything, might be. You might be. And anything you do, do will, should consequently be affecting what has already happened. But you're assuming that time travel affects things. You're not changing things by going in the past. You're just, you're just making things happen that should happen by going into the past. You're, you're, you're yeah. suggesting that time has already happened as it has, and by going into the past, you're doing something new, as opposed to by going into the past, you're doing something that has already happened. It's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not confusing. It is. It's confusing trying to merge all the various uh, There's rules nothing. that they're introducing in Doctor Who. Well, that's what I'm saying. It depends on what rule you're, you're following in <laughs> yes. Doctor Who. They have, the, the confusing thing is Doctor Who has, depending on what producer is around, has many different oh, rules. Writing. Because I was listening to um, Barry Letts' biography, or autobiography, sorry, he did an audiobook of it, and he was uh, saying... Uh, he's a producer and, and him and his script editor had decided for their reign, which was John Pertwee, the third Doctor, would be nothing like the first Doctor's stupid idea about, you know, don't, when going into the, into the Earth's past, don't be doing anything because you, you change things. But he had the same idea as me, you know, you can't say that, you might go onto a different planet and, you know, change things there, but, but, it's, but you can't do it on Earth. So, what, what, yeah, what I'm saying, I'm agreeing with you because different people have different ideas mm. on Doctor Who, so you've just got a whole mesh of stuff. So really, the and best uh, thing yeah. to do is get drunk and just watch it. Yes. <laughs> and there's nothing better than getting drunk and talking about time travel. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what we're doing. Otherwise, it'll be a breach of uh, contract, I'm sure. Go on, then. Go on, then. Talk about the best thing ever. This is the sound of my head hitting the desk. Ian gets knighted. It's great. The doctor wishes he was in, sure. The doctor has been knighted. Not this stage, he hasn't. So, yes, uh, validation of uh, Ian's greatness. I think you'll find uh, some de- de- submit. I'm not talking. I'm why being like Richard I, I I'm being like Richard <laughs> I and I'm going to sulk. But, uh, yeah... Is the poof came earlier on of his uh, 
sort of validation for uh, having a knighthood because uh, when he was half asleep at the beginning of the episode, <laughs> he still managed to fight off Saracens. And so did the doctor, just by just by shouting at them, "Good, good afternoon." The guy was so shocked at that. No one had ever asked, actually wished him a good afternoon before. And he thought, well, that's the nicest thing ever. And then Ian came along and attacked him. There you go. Ian is awesome, and the doctor isn't. We should probably talk about Vicky as well. Um, apart from the fact she she's, she's, she's made to wear different types of clothing by other people, she doesn't really do much. No, she, she's a mannequin for this episode. She's a mannequin. <laughs> she wears, she dresses as a boy and dresses as a girl. Yeah, she's 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 like a unisex Barbie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah she does do nothing this episode, yeah. Because the first episode, I thought I just wrote from my notes, Vicky has done nothing. Over and above that as well, uh, I remember going back to uh, the Romans. We had a gold bracelet back at Web Planet. We yes, had a gold pen. Barbara got a gold bracelet in yeah. the Romans. Ian yeah. had a gold pen in yeah. in, in, and, in uh, the Web Planet. Yeah, and this one we've that got was a gold the best belt. thing about the Web Pla- <laughs> <laughs> Planet was the gold pen. And in this one, we have a gold belt. Is it from UFC? It might be. But, uh, Does Dan and White know that someone in the 12th century <laughs> has his UFC belt? Let's find out. Let's get on Twitter. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but is this the start of some sort of arc that they're trying to mysteriously build? There's some gold monster turning up. <laughs> well, they're going to join them all and become this gold robot called Godacon. Is this where uh, Russell T. Davis got all his storytelling ideas from? I kind of, but no. <laughs> I can't wait to see what gold turns up in the next episode. We'll soon find out. There's going to be some gold in the Space Museum. Uh, I'm going to let you know, faithful viewers. Speaking of so- uh, Barbara doing something yet again, she tells someone that they're, in fact, Saladin, yeah. only the leader of the Arab world at that time, that they're time travellers. Yes. Though I think this was in the context of being a story, but anyway. Yes, I am. Uh, it's high people of the 12th century. We're time travellers. Brilliant. Yeah. That's good. Are work. you? Wow. <laughs> Please tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> I will definitely not burn you for being a witch. <laughs> Where have you been? Interesting fact, they didn't actually burn people for being a witch, but only in Scotland. In England, they hung them for being witches. So in England they hung them for being witches, and in Scotland they didn't burn them for being witches. They burned them for being witches. Oh, they burned them for being witches. But people say, say in England you'll be burned for being a witch in the 12th century, or whatever century. But it's not true. Only in Scotland did that happen. Where did the drown Presumably witches? Presumably so they could keep warm. Where did the drown witches? Well, look, look, at the, look indeed yes. at this beer. It says Monty Python's Holy Grail with the GR mm-hmm. crossed off to make yes. an ale pun. Yes. And it says underneath tempered over burning witches. Yes. Presumably that was in Scotland. Just so they could keep warm in Scotland. It's fucking cold in it Scotland. It is fucking cold in Scotland. I live there. I've uh, I've attempted to go to Scotland once, but it was too cold, so I turned around. It's a comedy lie, isn't it? It's well, it's a, a lie. It's, it's <laughs> It's an attempted comedy line. It's a deviation from the truth. But I, I did almost go to Scotland once, though. 
You have been in Scotland, did you? Almost go to Scotland once? I almost went to Scotland. I have I've been as far as Berwick upon Tweed. You have been in Scotland though. Okay, I did go to Edinburgh <laughs> yes. last year. <laughs> yes. Let's let's not forget facts. This is what I do. <laughs> I forget facts. Including going to Scotland. So you have been to Scotland? I I now have been to Scotland, <laughs> yes. So in what you're in saying, the last minute, I've been to Scotland. So what you're saying is going to Scotland last year ruined your great attempted going to Scotland story. Yes. Only you'd realise that and you would not have gone. I'll say I'm never going to Scotland again. <laughs> well, that's not a good story. I almost didn't go to Scotland, but then I accidentally went, so I can't do it again. Only if you go back to the 14th century. Uh, back to Barbara for a second. And her telling Saladin that they're time travels. Yes, because that, how many times has that actually worked? I don't think it's ever worked. Or maybe, unless you've got a lazy scriptwriter. But uh, I think more people know that they're time travellers now in all of history than people know that Bruce, that Bruce Wayne is Batman in, in, yeah. in, the, in the DC universe. I mean, yeah. obviously in the actual world, people know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah, there's not many now of it. There is. Rachel Gould knows. And there's a handful of enemies, yes. Rachel Gould knows. Dick Uh, Grayson uh, knows. uh, 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 Barbara Gordon knows. And the entire hero. Clark Kent knows. Uh, Does Bane know? I don't know. Hush knows. Hush knows, yes. Alfred knows. Uh, Barbara. Tim Drake. Um, there's, there's probably quite a few others as well. Tim yeah. Drake. We're up to seven already. Yeah, it's only a handful. No, there's more. I'm quite sure there's more. Matt, can you answer this one? <laughs> like Matt listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> like anyone listens. Uh, Apart from uh, Flunk. <laughs> Scott. Jason Ian. Todd knows. Jason Todd Oh, no. You might listen to this, I don't know. Jason Todd, if you listen to this, I'm calling you out. Calling or asking? I am outing him. But that's only eight that I can name off the top of my head. I'm pretty mm. sure there's a lot more than that. There's more villains. We can easily get to 12, I'm sure. Mm. But there's still more people that know about it, is what we're saying. Yes, but there's more people that know that they're time travellers than, than that. There's not more people know Peter Parker Spider-Man. Because uh, he's, he's a very that. Yeah, but I don't want to talk about Peter Parker. Why Because he's rubbish. I'm more about... Next the, you'll be saying Ian's rubbish. I'm more about the new Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah, he rocks. I have no idea what his name is. <laughs> so, moving on. <laughs> In the story I mentioned, Luigi the Merchant. Uh, he's Italian. Mm. He's overweight. Mm. He has a small beard, obviously, in this, this episode. Yeah, it was a magnificent small beard. A magnificent small beard. A pointy small beard. So my thing is that he's a merchant in pizza. He obviously makes and delivers pizzas, doesn't he? Makes and delivers pizza to the Holy Land in the 12th century. That's his That's his franchise. Why not? It's a living. That's a spicy meatball. That's his catchphrase. Is that where it came from? Yeah, 
I can't I can't find any mention of it before the twelfth century. <laughs> well, what's that uh, that's that solving? <laughs> Which seems an opportune moment. To look at the beer. To look at the beer, yes, quite right. We we could should probably talk about it while we're looking as well. Well, but this being a podcast it probably would help. Plus it's Monty Python, yeah. it has nice pictures on it yes. and funny so, jokes. So it's a good excuse to drink it more so, than anything. Yeah, yeah, we, we want an excuse to drink it. Um, and this fit in more than anything. It's not a bad beer, considering. No, I think uh, I think one of the mistakes uh, we've made is was it was far too cold and it's masking most of the flavours mm. because of it. But, uh, but through it, you can still tell it. There's a bit of a flavour getting through. It's pleasant enough. I concur. It's it's not brilliant, but it's uh, it's a pleasant drink. And it's made in North Yorkshire. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it's about all I've got to say on it. Yeah, it's Monty Python. What more do you want? Yeah. Back to the episode then. May as well. They uh, like they like things in this episode, and I also like things in this episode, and I like the way that they speak occasionally in this episode which is uh, (coughs) iambic pentameter which is also the way they speak in Shakespeare just before you say you don't know anything about them but what if I still say I don't know anything about them I I tried to read about it earlier but I don't really understand in the three seconds I had to read about it (laughs) (laughs) but basically to be or not to be and now is this the winter of our discontent summer of our discontent whatever it is They are written in iambic pentameter. It's to do with how many uh, different things you have. You're allowed like five different things in a sentence. I suppose it's a bit like a haiku, but not really. But more structure, more to do with structure. Yeah, things are called feet in in this kind of language as well. (coughs) You're allowed like five feet in a sentence. Interesting. If you want to know more, the internet's just there. So I, I, uh, I do like the occasional turn of phrase that they use in, uh, in this. It is uh, how I like to try and speak now and again myself. I am probably, obviously, not that good at it. Well, considering you didn't even know what it was three seconds ago. I don't, there's a lot of things I don't know what is. Yeah, but you just <laughs> said you'd like to speak that way. I like to try to. What can you like to try to speak something? I don't need to know what things are to know how to do it. You should take up politics. I'd be good at that. Yeah, obviously. I thought the best example of this was again during at the start when uh, when they're in the jungle. Yeah. And they talk and they're uh, they're just talking. It to me it doesn't seem like it's part of the story. It's like they were just filming them on a break and they're just chatting about acting and things. And oh, you mean <laughs> right at the beginning before the attack right. happened? Yes. And they're just talking about things they should do, mm. you know, like making a play and stuff like that. Yeah, it just, yes, look, it yes. just looks like the film, the actors just lounging around the studio, just generally chatting. And then the Saracens turn up, oh, it's time to start acting now. <laughs> yes, that was before Richard got all talking. Mm. But uh, it, it's, it amuses me. It amuses me. I was amused. <laughs> You're not very often amused, are you? I am not often amused. I mentioned that Barbara was trapped in medieval Baltimore, so basically now I want to see medieval The Wire. Uh, and Gav, you could play bubbles. Is that just because of uh, 
My other non diplume of bubbles and ninja. It is Norm de Plume. Oh, look at you. I can use words. <laughs> French words as well. I can use them incorrectly as well. But who cares? Uh, yeah. You know, like McNaughty would be a knight. And then, you well, know, like, like Ian. Like Ian, yes. Yeah. Not really a knight. He got knighted. I saw it. With my own eyes. In that case, Bruce Forsyth the knight. It's, it doesn't mean anything these days. <laughs> but Ian's from these days. The, this was back when meaning when being knighted means being knighted. Moving on. Yes, let's, let's talk about uh, Ian as played by William Russell. Yes. Uh, they, they, he was he was scheduled to film a scene where an army of ants crawled up uh, crawled up his arms, but he refused to do so. And, a, and they showed an arm, but it had to be a production assistant's arm that has to be it in mm-hmm. in the episode. I think good on William Russell. So he's not really much like Ian, is what I'm saying to you. Who is like Ian? <laughs> so you're no longer this, this, you're this. no lo- you're no longer confused on the actor and the character. No. Okay, good. Because you were you were previously <laughs> in other episodes. But I now can, you're not. I can change opinions if I like. Right, we can work with that. <laughs> now we've well now we've separated the actor and the character. I can work with that until I change my mind next episode. Talking of actors who yes. were are synonymous with characters, mm-hmm. Nicholas Courtney, yeah. who of course went on to play the Brigadier, he yeah. was apparently considered for the role of King Richard in this. Interesting. But of course, it went to Julian Glover, who's far mm. too good for the role in this. Well, he just—he just seems to be far too good for this show. And Jean Marsh, who played Joanna, was John Pertwee's first wife. Another connection to the Third Doctor's era, and she'd gone to play another companion. Yes. So, so can we say this is incestuous? Although, in the context of the series, I discount her being included as a companion. But we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> T-shirts saying we'll get to that will be out soon. They won't really. Uh, speaking of incestuous, there were parts implying that uh, King Richard and his sister Joanna were incestuous, but the mm-hmm. was taken out after old man Hartnell's insistence. Oh, good on old man Hartnell. There is no room for incestuousness. <laughs> I, I, I just don't think there should be censorship in things. If things are the way they are, they should be shown to be the way they are. No. Things shouldn't be made to be family friendly. Well, um, they should. Uh, I, I'm backpedaling massively on a that. A lot of things should be censored, like the internet and things, but... You think the internet should be censored? I think everything should be censored, especially my face. <laughs> my, my face being your uh, social network site. <laughs> yes. How was your? How is my face doing? Then, I've got one uh, sign up so far, and it's me. Okay, well, you're doing better than Google Plus then. Ah, <laughs> uh, comedy. <laughs> well, well, since we're on um, on a phase of social justice, mm. the, the 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 first yes. black person in Doctor Who was in this story. Real? That that's about time. Uh, yes. Mm. And did he play Saladin? No, no, that wasn't him. Perhaps Saladin's brother. No, that wasn't him either. 
Was it uh, Ella Keane? No, it wasn't him either. Was it? No, in fact, he didn't really have a speaking role. <laughs> he was just a random guy in the background. It's, it's something now. What, at what least. are you asking me who played Saladin? It was Bernard K. Somebody who had to be blocked up for the role. This uh, was Doctor Who in the 1960s. Good old Doctor. And uh, was he the one that made an appearance in an earlier episode? The actor? Yes, he he made an appearance in Dalek Invasion of Earth. Which we believe to be the first actor to make two appearances in separate stories. Yeah, I can't think of anyone else. I'm sure someone will tell me, but I think he is the first person to play two different characters on Doctor Who. Because mm. we was under the impression uh, before this that it could have been Peter Purvis. Really. Yes. Yeah. But yet again, we'll get to him. <laughs> Lastly, since we're doing the Crusades, I just thought I'd mention uh, there's a couple of BBC historical documentaries on the Crusades. Uh, one by, mm-hmm. by Terry Jones, which is very good. I think you've seen it as well, haven't you? Yeah, yes, pardon me, sorry for that. Uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it, was, it was very uh, unbiased. I didn't want to use that word, but I couldn't think of any other word that would be used. It's a good word. And uh, the other one was, was just like last month or something, by Professor uh, Thomas Osbridge. Mm-hmm. Now, that one I do remember. <laughs> good. <laughs> it was also very good. Crusades is, is, a, is a period of history that I do enjoy, for some reason. But not somewhere where I want to go back in time to. So, quote of the episode. Okay, then. Yes, uh, what's she has then? My quote of the episode is Princess Joanna. And she is describing the Doctor in this quote. And she describes him thusly. Uh, may I ask why of all people here you've come to me? Hmm? There's something new in you, yet something older than the sky itself. I sense that I can trust you. <laughs> A meaningful sort of quote there. I like it. I, I have no problems with your choice. Oh, <laughs> I'm so pleased. I'm going to and, uh, What's your Ian moment of the episode? Yes, my Ian moment of the episode. Uh, I think the uh, inherent flaw in uh, choosing an Ian moment of the episode, uh, as highlighted by some previous ones, is that uh, most of his moments are... Uh, Rubbish? <laughs> no, they're, they're purely visual and uh, not auditory. Auditory. Yes. Very good. <laughs> but uh, for this one, I shall uh, choose... The moment Ian becomes a knight, obviously, which thusly goes. I have one duty to perform before you leave. Give me the thought, boy. You are without rank or title, and while we do not doubt your courage, our emissary shall speak from a proper position of authority. What is your name? Ian Chesterton. Neil. In the name of God, St. Michael and St. George, we dub you Sir Ian, Knight of Jaffa. Arise, Sir Ian, and be valiant. Majesty. I was almost going to choose the moment where... uh, William Russell was narrating the moment Ian took down an enemy. 
But I. But then you realise William Russell isn't the same as Ian. But he was narrating <laughs> Ian taking down then. And, but then I couldn't pass up Ian becoming a knight. So there we are. Well, yes, just to counterpoint that uh, sickening moment, um, I just want to do another quote here. And this is just emphasize uh, the man Harun, who I'd mentioned earlier, did a good Babu impression. It's just emphasize, I wasn't even slightly joking about that. Here is Harun doing his Babu impression. He's a very, very bad man. God, I love that. <laughs> I couldn't believe when it happened. Ah, <laughs> uh, Doctor Who. Bonus quote of the day. Bonus quote. Uh, final thoughts. Did you like the crusade? Uh, not particularly, no. You didn't like the crusade? No, I don't. It's well, It's like four times I've watched this now and every time it just bores me rigid. Really? It does, yeah. For I, some reason. I did like it. It's the one I, it's one I was least looking forward to next to Web Planet. No, I really did like it. I, I enjoyed the, the, uh, the dialogue in it and uh, I like the crusades. And, and I just uh, enjoy the story, and, and obviously there are good actors in it as well. So, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I said maybe it's partly to do with the sort of reconstructions of it by the second episode. Well, that's, reconstruction. that's, that's not true, because you loved the Mar- Marco Polo, and that was all reconstructions. I know, but they were good reconstructions. I thought in the second one of this, it's really poor audio. And by the end of the second week, I've just lost interest in it. But you've watched it before with different mm. reconstructions, mm. and you still didn't like it then, apparently. Because it's still that terrible audio. I don't know. It might be part of something, but... Don't just apologise. Don't apologise for hating something. But overall, it just bores me. The whole well, story. Nothing seems to happen. Well, there you are. The gav's divided. English really didn't like it, and I did. So there you are. But it's not like the web planet that just offends and annoys <laughs> me. This one just bores me, Richard. You you have to make up your own minds. I think you, you can't take our words for it, or you can call it a draw if you want. Next time. Yes, uh, next time is uh, an episode, or episodes entitled. Under the collection of the Space Museum. You're just a walking thesaurus, aren't you? I am. And you were doing that one? I will be synopsizing that one. Excellent. Look forward to that. So will I. And it's goodbye from me. And that's goodbye from me.